Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning. So good to see you. I'm glad all the snow is going to Texas and we're where we're at today. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for your mercy and your grace. We're thankful for all the things that you have done and what you're doing and what you're going to do in our lives. Lord, we believe the word. We believe the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And today, as your word goes forth, let it be seed in our hearts. Let it be meat for our soul. And God, I pray that we would hear with open ears and hearts. We ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. We're glad for all those who are watching online. Uh, we have a lot of virtual seats in the house every Sunday. Well, we're doing a series called We're Expecting. Say that with me. We're Expecting. I read a little article, one uh, young mother-to-be, she was uh, starting her pregnancy and she went to an older lady who had had children and, and she put her hands on her expecting tummy and said, when can I expect the baby to move? And the older lady said, we hope right after high school. <laughs> Sometimes that's true, isn't it? Well, you know, we have hundreds and hundreds of promises in the Word of God and uh, we have every right to have great expectations. The Word of God is yea and amen. It's what the Word says about itself. And expectation is not just waiting and wishing. We are expecting and moving forward and believing in faith that God has our best interest in mind. And I think we can believe that. And uh, why would you and I want to believe that? Well, we believe it because it's true. And we believe it because we're expecting God to move for us not only corporately but individually. If uh, you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 29 here in a moment, a verse that you know very, very well. But I want to give you three reasons why we can expect God to move in our life, why God would move in your life, why God would move in my life. The first one is because of the character of God. Say that with me, because of the character of God. Say that again, because of the character of God. How many of you believe that God is good? We just sing about a good God, and we believe that he is a good God. This is what he said about himself, verse 11, Jeremiah 29, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Different translation says to give you a future and a hope. Well, why can God do that? Because God has the right character and the power to do that in your life. There are many attributes of God. Let me just give you a few. God is wise. He's omnipresent. He's always with you. He is omniscient. He knows everything about you and what's going to happen in the future. He is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's just. He's holy. He's loving. He's full of grace and mercy and truth. So therefore, we serve a God who's able to do what we need done in our life. And we can expect that because that's the character of God. And so if I expect that in my life because who God is, then secondly, I can believe I can expect from God because of what God has done in the past. How many of you know God has a very good track record? And we know what he can do. Not only does God meet our expectations, but how many of you believe with me, he can exceed our expectations? There is a gentleman in the Bible back in the book of Samuel, 
and his name was Elkanah. He had two wives. I don't know why he had two wives, but he had two wives. Well, back in the day, it was different than today, and one of his wives was named Hannah. And Hannah and the other wife had different stories. The other wife had many children, and Hannah had none. And through the course of years, the other wife, uh, can you imagine having two wives in one kitchen? I'm just waiting for this to sink in for you. One husband and the one wife who had many children, she is uh, very cruel to Hannah. She uh, mocks her, provokes her, intimidates her, torments her. And every year, Elkanah and his wives, his family would go up to the tabernacle and they would worship. They would go up for the feast and the festivals and they would go year after year after year as they were supposed to do. They didn't live, you know, all that far from that location. And every year, Hannah would go, and she would pray the same prayer year after year after year, God, give me a son. And she prayed for a son, and she prayed for a son, and she prayed for a son, and she saw the other wife giving birth, but she never gave birth. Her husband went to her and said, am I not better than ten sons? And evidently, she didn't stop there. She kept praying. And one year, when she went to the tabernacle, and the women could only go so far in. She was there by a post praying. And you know what she was praying? God, give me a son. Give me a son. Give me a son. And I want you to know that one day God answered that prayer. And that child was born a son, and she named him Samuel. And it was a joyous occasion. And she took this boy, and she raised him. And when he got to a certain age, she gave him to the priesthood. She took him to the tabernacle and said, I want to give him to the service of the Lord. And I'm sure it was joyous in one side of uh, this uh, scenario and really sad in another because here her son is there in the priesthood as a very young boy. And the Bible says year after year she would, she would take clothes up to him. And every year, how many of you know she had to take larger clothes up to him? And, and Samuel was there in the service of the Lord and really grew up to be a great judge of all of Israel. But what I want you to see today, not only did she give birth to a son by the name of Samuel, the Bible says later she gave birth to three more boys and two more girls. How, how many of you know God did above what she asked? The prayer was, God, give me a son. And not only did God give her a son, he gave her three more sons, two more daughters. How many of you know it was uh, pretty busy around Hannah's house because God did more? And, you know, that's very biblical. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can think or ask according to the power that works in us. You serve a God that can do more than you ask for. He is exceedingly and abundantly doing more than everything that we can think or ask. How many of you know that's the kind of God we serve? And you and I need to constantly live in the spirit of expectation because if we don't live in that spirit, I want to tell you we dumb down our life in the sense that we're not going to get what we expect because we're not expecting. Now the third thing here that we need to know about God who is able to give us what we expect is because of the testimony of other people. God's people have testimonies. Matter of fact, that's one of the ways you're an overcomer. 
because of the testimony of other people. There, there's a, a lady in the Bible who had a medical problem. The Bible calls it an issue of blood. She's bleeding and it doesn't stop. And she has had this for year after year, about 12 years. She's been to the doctor, no help, no remedy. And that day, they, they cannot fix the problem. And she has gone from year after year. She spent most of her livelihood on this. But one day, she heard that Jesus was coming to town. How many of you believe with me the fame and the notoriety of Jesus precedes him? And, and so now he's coming to town, and he's headed to her town, and I, I'm going to say there's a, a huge fervor in that area about Jesus coming. And when he comes to town, she thinks this, and she says this, if I could but touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. How many of you believe with me she was expecting in faith that something's going to happen? So Jesus enters, <laughs> And there's people thronging him. I mean, the Bible's pretty clear. They're around him. They're groping. They're reaching. They're touching. Uh, picture in your mind the disciples around him, kind of his bodyguards, and, and people are trying to get to him, and they're bumping and they're shoving. But this one little lady, she's crawling on her hands and knees, and she says, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, why the hem of his garment? With her condition, she's considered unclean. And she can't really touch someone in the way that we might interact with someone, and especially a priest. You don't want to make that priest unclean. So she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. And she, she makes her way through the crowd. She's crawling, and she touches the hem of the garment, and Jesus stops. And he said, who touched me? Can you imagine those disciples? Who touched you? Goodness gracious, they're bumping you, they're, they're reaching for you, they're, they're, they have their hands out, they're, they're jostling you, and you say, who touched me? She, she, she touched the hem of his garment, and when he stopped, he said, somebody touched me because I felt virtue go out of my body. There, there's that healing virtue that left my body and went into that need and that situation. And uh, can you imagine her looking up and said, Lord, it's me. It's me. And the Lord said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. You know what faith is? Faith is just acting out your expectations. You're, you're believing God for things. And I believe there's people here. We're believing God for things in our life. And she just wasn't focused on the how this is going to happen. She is focused on the who. Sometimes we get really focused on the how. How is this going to work out? How's my marriage going to be put back together? How am I going to get my finances in order? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Sometimes I don't know how. Can I be honest with you? I just don't know how. Have you ever been there? So if you don't know the how, you better focus on the who. She didn't know how she was going to get healed. The doctors couldn't do it. The money couldn't do it. But the who could do it, and that's Jesus. So if I focus on the who instead of the how, then I'm exercising my faith because this is much bigger and beyond me. And you need to think the who instead of the how all the time. And so we need to focus on the who, and the who is Jesus. Here's another uh, testimony. Remember the, the day that Peter and John went to the temple to pray? And it's in... Acts chapter 3, they're going to the temple and there's a lame man that's been laid there every day except probably Sabbath. 
and he's begging. This guy has never walked. He's over 40 years old. And now he's laying by the gate beautiful. It's one of the main entrances into the, the temple area. And he's begging. I mean, the only way he can carve out existence, the only way he can survive is he's begging. No social security, no stimulus checks. I haven't seen mine yet. But he's begging. He's just hoping somebody puts some coins in the cup or the container or the pottery. I can remember when I was growing up, and some of you may remember this. I remember as a kid, uh, there would be people on the sidewalks begging. And most of the time in my memory, they would have little tin cups and they had pencils in them. And they would try to offer you a pencil, and when you got a pencil, they were expecting you to put some kind of donation in the cup. Today, they're not on the sidewalk. They're on the intersections of the streets, and they have signs up. And one guy just uh, was honest. He said, uh, I don't need something to eat. I just need some beer. You know, would you just give me, give me a donation? But this guy's begging. It's, it's the only way he can really exist. And when Peter and John walked by, the Bible really gives us the, uh, the account. Look with me in Acts chapter 3, verse 3 through 5. Peter and John's going to pray. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. So was he in the spirit of expectation? The answer is yes. Did he get more than he expected? The answer is yes, because we serve a God that exceeds our expectations. And when Peter looked upon him, he said, I don't have silver or gold, but I do have something. He reached out his hand to this lame man. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the man leaped to his feet. Wow. This guy never walked. Now he's leaping. He's walking. And <laughs> And let me tell you what else is he, he's doing. He's running into the temple, leaping and praising God. He, he stirred up a commotion. Well, listen, if I got healed and I'd never walked, I'd start up a commotion too. How about you? You know, sometimes we just need to let God know, hey, we're thankful for what you just did in our life. And so this guy, he, he is very, very grateful, but he was expecting something. He got more than he expected, and his testimony tells us today God is still in the miracle-working business. And whatever your need is, whatever you're facing today, I want to tell you God is still in the miracle-working business. And I'm expecting him to do something in your life and my life and all of our lives. Can I hear an amen? Now... I don't know about your limitations, but I know this. Our expectations can grab a hold of our limitations, whether they're perceived or real, and pull us forward through what we feel like our limitations are to the goals that God has for us. And if we don't watch it, we'll get stalemated there. And sometimes when we quit expecting, we'll start settling for less. We don't need to settle for less. How many of you know we need to ask God for everything he has for us? And we need to hope for that and expect that. And if we don't, we water down the promises of God. I said earlier, the promises of God are yea and amen. Let's just believe them. By faith, let's just receive them. Can I hear an amen? And God is not asking me to figure everything out. But he is asking me to believe and expect. Because I can't figure everything out. Guess what? Neither can you. But I can expect and believe in God even though I can't figure it out. 
Now, let me finish up today with the three things that I know. Now, ladies, I don't know it as well as you, but uh, I do know some things because I've been in close proximity. So, ladies, I'm going to ask you to help me through the rest of the sermon. How many of you ladies are going to help me? Okay, five of you. This is what I know when we're expecting three things happen. Number one, I realize that I'm eating and consuming for more than just me. You ever heard this? I'm pregnant, now I'm eating for two. Or in some of your cases, three. And some of you, four. I'll stop there. Because we've had all of that in the church. You know, twins and triplets and uh, that, that's unusual, but that does happen, right? But you know when you're expecting and you're receiving the things of God and you're really moved and you're intent about what God's going to do in your life, you're, you're eating now more than for just yourself. I, I want you to just think about that. You see, now you're, you're feeding the vision. You're feeding the dream. You're feeding the calling, the anointing. So it's not just about you. Listen, we're in a kingdom that is bigger than you. We're in a kingdom that's bigger than me. And if you're really called of God and you have the expectation of God, just like a pregnant lady, now you're feeding yourself for more than just you. Now, why would I say that? Because when Jesus came along teaching the concept and the principles of the kingdom of God, he took natural illustrations to give us spiritual concepts and understanding. You know what we call those? Parables. A sower went out to sow. A shepherd had a hundred sheep. He lost one. He left the 99. He went after the one. Jesus went on and on and on. And he says, listen, I want to teach you about the kingdom of God, but I have to use some natural applications so you get the spiritual understanding. How many of you with me here? So when you're expecting, then you are eating for more than just yourself. I need to feed me, but in feeding me, I realize I may be feeding someone else through what God has given me. Wow, that's exciting. You're feeding the dream. You're, you're feeding the, the vision. You're feeding what you're giving birth to. You're feeding the marriage, the business, the mission, the call, the anointing. So I'm now eating for more than just me. Can I hear an amen? And I have to also realize that what I eat can not only damage me, or what I don't eat not only damages me, but it can damage someone around me. Think about this. So when you're expecting, the doctor says, here's some vitamins you need to take, and here is a diet and what you need to eat so you can have a healthy baby. So listen to me, you can eat some things that will help your expecting and you can eat some things that will damage your expecting, right? So what are you consuming? What, what am I watching? What am I reading? What am I listening to? Because if I'm going to give birth to something, if I'm expecting what I consume, really is important as far as my expectation. Now, here's the second thing. <laughs> if I'm expecting, I have to realize I'm going to be stretched, Thank you, ladies. 
If I'm expecting, I'm going to have to be stretched. People who are expecting have to be willing to be stretched. Stretching is part of growing. And if you're not willing to be stretched, you are not going to grow. I remember when we had the boys, uh, Carrie had some kind of cream or concoction, and it was called stretch cream. And as she would get bigger, then she would rub that cream on herself because it was supposed to reduce stretch marks. Now, in the spirit, I'm kind of proud of my stretch marks. I want to just say, hey, look at my stretch marks because I'm stretching, I'm growing, I'm not staying the same, I'm not going to always be this way because I'm giving birth to something that's bigger than me. I'm expecting something beyond me. I'm expecting something for not only me, but for the rest of us. We have to be in the spirit of expectation. And if you're going to be in that spirit, you're going to have to be willing to be stretched. Now, a lot of people say, Pastor, where do you come up with this stuff? Well, from the Bible, that's a good place to get it, right? Listen to Matthew chapter 9, verse 17. Jesus is teaching, and he's talking about this, this kingdom. He says, neither is new wine put in old wine skins. If it is, the skins burst and the wine is spilt and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins and so both are preserved. Now, some of you say, well, what does that have to do with anything? You have to realize they didn't have bottles quite like we have today. So the wine was put into, what does it say? Wine skins. So they would take the skin of an animal, they would fashion it into a container or a wine skin or a wine bottle, not like ours. And he said, if you're going to put new wine, please don't put new wine in old wine skins. And here's the reason. Because the old wine skins aren't stretchable anymore. They've already stretched as far as they're going to stretch. Please, my friends, do not be an old wine skin. Look at your neighbor. It has nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with attitude and faith and expectation. So don't leave today and at lunch say, you old wine skin, you. This is what he's saying. When you put new wine in a wine skin, that new wine is going to cause that skin to be stretched. And if it's not stretchable, you're going to lose not only the skin, but you're going to lose the wine. So we have to be stretchable. We have to be willing to say, God, would you stretch me? Would you take me beyond where I am today? Would you move me further down the road? Would you increase my faith as I believe your word? And so we have to be stretchable. Now, the third thing here is I have to be uncomfortable. I have to be willing to be uncomfortable. Have you ever seen a pregnant lady try to get comfortable? Now, the reason I can say that is because Friday evening, I had the unexpected visit at my house with my son and my daughter-in-law, and she's expecting, and I watched her on the couch. And she's in her now third trimester, and now she is, uh, she is uh, getting larger and larger, and she's on the couch trying to get comfortable, and she's got a pillow here, she's got her feet underneath her, and she's moving here. And I'm looking over there, and I'm thinking, poor girl. 
And if you ever watched one try to go to sleep, they're on their back, they're on their side, pillows are around them. What are they trying to do? They're trying to get comfortable. But listen, if you're expecting, God's going to make you uncomfortable. And sometimes we don't like it. God, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I, I want to stay in my comfortable position. And there's a verse for you. Woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. That's not a good verse for us, right? So God's going to say, get out of your comfort zone. Be willing to be stretched. You, you've got to get out of the comfort zone, and you are going to be uncomfortable. Uh, one lady, she was uh, far along in her pregnancy, and she was gaining too much weight. And <laughs> She looked at her husband and said, would you put the Oreo cookies somewhere where I can't get to them? He put them on the floor. <laughs> But you know what I mean, because it's going to be uncomfortable. Let me read you a verse. This is Micah chapter 4, verse 10. The Bible says, the Lord speaking, be in pain and labor to bring forth, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in birth pains. You see, God has always looked at the church in the feminine way. We, we are the bride of Christ, correct? We are the church of Almighty God. And when God looked at Israel and he, he looks at the church, he, he looked at them as a woman, a spiritual woman. We, we see the, the, the vision, if you will, and the circumstance and, and the imagery in the book of Revelation that way. But he's looking at the woman and he says, you need to labor to bring forth, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in birth pains. And listen, when it gets closer and closer to give birth, there is more pain. The closer you get, the more pain. But you can't give birth without pain. I mean, Eve messed this up, ladies. And Adam messed this up, but I'm telling you today, thank God for drugs, I guess. Um, but there is pain in birth, and spiritually there's pain in birth. Because you're going to be stretched. You're going to get out of your comfort zone. Things are going to be challenged to you. You're going to feel that in your marriage, raising your kids and your finances. If you're going to go forward, if you're going to be in the spirit of expectation, then you and I have to realize God is going to do something spiritually in our life that will make us feel uncomfortable. Because he's going to stretch us. I shared in the early service this morning, many of you have heard me share this account, there was some people who came to my office a few years ago, and they had watched our church grow. Matter of fact, their church used to be larger than our church, and today our church is about 10 times larger than their church, but at the time, their church was pretty close to the size of our church, and they'd watched it grow. So they came to my office and said, Pastor, can you tell us you know, how can we continue to grow our church? And so I asked them a few questions, and then I began to give them a little scenario. I said, if the Lord was going to bless you and bring you new families and new teenagers and new children and, and new people, would you be willing to do whatever it takes to accommodate those people? And I, and I began to talk about it. I said, so let's say you have several new families with small children and babies. Would you be willing to, you know, do some nurseries and get some people to work the nursery, get what you need in the nursery, changing tables and a lot of wet wipes, um, rocking chairs, and the personnel to take care of the babies when they came? 
would you be willing to expand the children's church? Could you get workers there? Could you get the supplies? If the church continued to grow, and I've been in their church, it's a very lovely little building, would you be willing to knock some walls out, or would you be willing to build new buildings or tear this down and build a larger structure? And you know what they told me? Probably not. Probably not. Too much work, too much time, too much money. And this is what I said. If I'm going to send my kids to your house, and you're not going to feed them, you're not going to care for them, you're not going to have a place for them to sleep or a place for them uh, to be cared for, I said, I'm not sending my kids to your house. And, and we have to take this spiritually. If God's saying, I'm going to send my kids to your house, if I'm going to send families to your house, are you going to take care of them? Are you going to be willing to expand and, and pay the price and the cost to take care of my people? And if it's no, God's going to say, why am I going to send them to your house? So we're going to have to be willing to be stretched and we're going to have to be willing to be uncomfortable for a while. What if someone sits in your pew? What if someone takes your seat? Your parking place. You say, well, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, let me tell you, uncomfortable people give birth because they're willing to be uncomfortable for the birth of what's going to be happening. They're willing to be uncomfortable. They're willing to be stretched because they know that's the only way I will ever give birth to what I'm expecting. And that's true for you. It's true in a marriage. Now, I want you to look at me very closely. How many of you will love me when I say this? Half of you will. Listen, there's a lot of people who are just jerks in marriages. Are you willing to be stretched not to be a jerk anymore? Are you willing to be stretched to forgive? Are you willing to be stretched to try it again? Are you willing to be stretched to say, what do we need to do to fix this? Are you willing to go through some pain and difficulty for your business, for your children, for whatever you're hoping and expecting to have and to do and to receive? Because if we're not... It's probably not going to happen. But I want to live in faith all of my life. What about you? You say, well, pastor, sometimes I believed and I expected and I just didn't see it happen. Well, there's really about three things that factor into this. Number one, God even, you know, clearly or you didn't get it, he said no. Or he said yes, or he said not now. And we have to be willing to receive those things, but it, it doesn't keep you from expecting. It doesn't keep you from believing. It doesn't keep you from being stretched and sometimes uncomfortable. I remember when I gave my life to Christ, it made me very uncomfortable the moment right before I gave it up. I was uncomfortable in the pew. 
because I didn't want to be there. I'm going to guarantee you there are people in churches every weekend that are just there because of something that they're just trying to support even though they don't want to be there, right? So mine was my wife was getting baptized and I thought I need to be there for her, but I didn't really want to be there. Anybody get the picture? And right before that service ended, I was so uncomfortable. I was shaking in the pew. My, my knuckles were white. And I had this huge conversation inside of me. You need to get right with God. How many of you know there's a whisper in one ear and a whisper in the other ear? And the other ear said, hang on, this will be over and you can get out of here. I'm being honest. But that day, when they opened the altar up, I beat them to the altar. But I was a little uncomfortable before that because the old man was starting to die. And the new man was getting ready to be birthed. And this is what Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you can't even enter the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And to be born again, there's this similarity of that spiritual birth as the natural birth. You, you may feel uncomfortable. You may be stretched today. But I, I just feel in my spirit, maybe today is your day. Let me tell you, this sermon is different than the first service because I feel the Holy Spirit is saying, maybe to somebody here today, why don't you just let God birth something in you that you've never had birth before in your life? Take a step that you've never taken before. I don't know what it is. It, it may be the first time you give your heart to Christ. It may be you've wandered away and you just haven't had him in your thoughts or your life much lately. And it could be that it could be in your business, it could be in your marriage, but today it may be the first time you take another step to say, I'm going to expect God to do something today. I'm looking for God to do something now, right now. And I believe that's possible for everybody here. Matter of fact, I believe it's probable because I came today in the spirit of expectation. And I am believing in the one who can do above and beyond what I can think or ask. That's who I believe in. And guess what? You can believe in the same one who's all wise, all powerful, all knowing, all present, loving, graceful, merciful, kind. That's the God that wants to receive you today. Why don't you bow your head with me right now? We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.